overlord stepped onto it, and it rose smoothly up to the summit and the heavy iron-coated collar of timbers around it. From there, Cuddy could look down on the raw, brawling town of Niyorok, down to the smoke and thronging masts of the harbor, enclosed by a mole running out to an island half a mile from shore, and to the hammered metal brightness of the Laconian Gulf beyond. Sweat sprang out on his forehead, and he turned gratefully to a cooling wind from the water, bringing the tang of salt, coal smoke, the hot metal of the forges whose hearth sent trails of smoke up to the azure Mediterranean sky. We're on schedule, he said with relief, taking in the activity below with an experienced eye. That is good, Agawa said. The Lord Wolf will be pleased. Yeah, Cuddy said shivering slightly at the thought of William Walker, King of Men. That's real good. Chapter 1 September, 10 A.E. Babylon, Kingdom of Karduniash. October, 10 A.E. Severn Valley, Alba. October, 10 A.E. Walkeropolis, Kingdom of Great Achaia. October 10 A.E. Irondale, Alba Dr. Justin Clemens, Captain, Republic of Nantucket Coast Guard, Medical Corps, sipped at the thick, sweet wine, mouth dry. It was never easy to tell someone about the event. Much else about the 20th had faded, but that memory of terror remained far too fresh. He'd been a teenager then. His fiancée picked a date from the bowl on the low table that stood between her and the islander medic. He went on. And then the glowing dome of light was gone. And our whole island of Nantucket was here, back in this age, more than three thousand years before our own time. The platform beneath them was the terraced rooftop of a section of The House That Was the Marvel of Mankind the center of the land, the shining residence, the dwelling of majesty. In short, the palace of King Kashtiliash, son of Shagarakti Shoriash. It sprawled around them as a city within the greater city of Babylon. Crenellated outer walls where sentries paced with the late summer sun bright on their steel and bronze. Whitewashed adobe and colored brick and tile. Courtyards, gardens, audience halls, workshops, storerooms, harem, barracks, shrines, and archives, faint sounds of chanting, talk, feet, wheels, hooves, a whiff of cooking, and a stale draft of canal water. The two doctors sat on cushions beneath an awning, amid potted plants and flowers and dwarf trees brought from all over these lands. Justin watched the woman as she frowned and thought, noticing again how her face turned beautiful with the mind within, despite thinness, big hooked nose, receding chin, and incipient mustache. The huge dark eyes had depths to them. It made him painfully aware of his own round-faced near-plumpness, kept under control only by the necessities of campaigning and twelve-hour workdays. Here's hoping she gets it, went through him. So many just can't grasp the concept. Plain bewildered, 
or lost in superstitious terror. But Azuino was extremely bright and practical to boot. Her doctor father had had no sons, and brought his daughter up to his trade, which was unusual but not completely outlandish in Babylon. These archaic Semitic peoples weren't what you'd call feminists by a long shot, but they weren't as pathological about it as many of their descendants would, would have, in the original history, become. Well, there's the Assyrians, he reminded himself. They shut women up in Purta like Afghans in the 20th. But they're just nasty in every conceivable way. Of course, Asu was not a very prestigious occupation among the Babylonians, regardless of whether the doctor was a man or a woman. Medicine and surgery were just treating symptoms to their way of thinking. The Ashapu, the sorcerer witch doctor,